0: Obviously,
1: you are not a golfer.
0: What kind of beer do you like?
2: Heineken!
1: Fuck that shit! Pack, blue ribbon!
0: You take drugs, Danny? Every yeah. day. Good. So, what's the problem? I don't know. I drink
1: your milkshake! I drink it up! so bitch. You stole mine. A
0: candle. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. Welcome back. This is WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder.
2: So he says wrecked him damn near killed him
0: damn near joining me today is mr wolfie t how are you sir doing pretty good
1: well i just feel that we're all made exactly
0: the way we're supposed to be oh well, no hey no! i'm a christian and you ain't gonna sit there and blame god for how you look okay also joining us back on the show
1: jason kneeling how are you i'm fine thank you
2: back from the dead
0: Jason's a legend,
1: Jimmy. A legend. He's a legend, he has to be back. Yep, that's what legends do. They come back.
2: They die and then they come back and they, they die and then they come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should uh you have any new clips? I was gonna say clip you should ideas? grab
1: that other clip I gave you.
0: I don't want I think all the clips are gonna end up like that. They're probably gonna loop. Just give it a try.
2: That other clip was that before you deleted everything, or?
0: Those? Well, no, because we saved those on my desktop. Oh, of course, those ones got saved. Had to bring that up again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it was—it's pretty much half my fault as well, because I put the files. Uh, Well, I was stupid and accidentally put them in a folder that they shouldn't have been put in. So they were kind of hidden when he was deleting other things.
2: You don't have to defend Jason's (laughs) stupid.
0: I take responsibility.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's shocking. That's not something people do.
1: (laughs) I have integrity. Today's age?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Take responsibility. What does that mean? (laughs) Never heard of it.
0: Uh, We're doing two episodes today. This will be the recently seen episode. Then we're going to do a news episode after this Jones and I just recorded the Easy Rider breakdown yesterday it's a lot of content yeah today is Tuesday the 7th? 7th yeah I'm sure it's National Lighthouse Day (laughs) yeah your calendar at work is just full of worthless days
2: tomorrow is National Happiness Happens Day (laughs) you you are Mr.
0: Positivity that's true (laughs) that's true Thanks we, for
2: reminding
1: everybody. <laughs> we get these fun facts sent out at work, and there are some people that just always choose. Like, they have a, a website that gives you, you know, random stuff about each day. Oh, today is National Hot Dog Day or something. Mm-hmm. Who decided that? That's not a real day. It's a national holiday. <laughs> Anybody it, can just say, uh, today is, you know today's Jason Day.
2: If it was National Hot Dog Day, that'd probably be a Trump probably put that into effect.
1: <laughs> well, that one doesn't sound so bad, but they come up with some ridiculous days. Yeah. I
2: have a box calendar on my desk at work. Every day is a holiday. Because you can't just have a day that's a day.
1: <laughs> if every day is a holiday,
2: everybody's no going to be is special.
0: Everybody gets a trophy. Every day is multiple holidays, too. Because you could buy different calendars and they'd say different things. Like, well, in Canada, it's national pajama day yeah there's some international
2: ones on there like "Eh, i don't think
0: observed in canada only or something (laughs) like that (laughs) observed in mexico
2: that sounds made up
0: no all right well let's get right down to it i think we'll each talk about three movies today i am gonna lead it off today
2: because you're selfish
0: yep (laughs) what did you see
1: clarice what did you see
0: I saw Mission Impossible
1: Fallout. What's the number on that one? This is number six. Wow. Mm -hmm.
2: All right. It's about five too many.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Off to a good start. Uh, So this was directed by
0: Christopher McQuarrie. Starring Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Sean Harris, Angela Bassett. Uh, Michelle Monaghan, Wes Bentley, Alec Baldwin. That's about it. Yeah. Storyline. Ethan Hunt and his MIF team, along with some familiar allies, race against time after a mission gone wrong. So
2: Their, their team is called M- Mission Impossible Fallout.
0: No, so they're part of an IMF team. IMF actually stands for impo- oh, I thought you impossible said, mission fallout. I no, thought you impo- said,
2: I thought you said MIF. I'm like, what?
0: that's no. not very IMF. clever. <laughs> no, it's actually dumber than you think. I- IMF stands for impossible mission force.
1: Oh, I was joking. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, that is dumber. Than that is dumb. what it is.
0: Well, it's a show from the sixties. People would expect that's true. <laughs> impossible what? mission force. Was it the
2: sixties or the seventies? I think it was, I don't it must know. in the sixties. Oh. Um,
0: I could just look right here. I'd have to go through all the movies to find the TV show. 66 to 73. And then there was another series from 88 to 90. Hmm. Peter Graves was in both. But back to the newest entry, number six. Um, so this is, you know, the first one came out in 96. So this is 22 years into this franchise. And Tom Cruise looks exactly the same. Still running to beat hell in every
2: movie. That's what happens when you eat baby blood.
0: (laughs) Is that what Scientologists do? They eat baby blood? Well, they can do what they want. (laughs) Well, I don't know if they can do anything they want. Well, when you get to a certain level, and I'm sure
2: Tom Cruise is on that level.
0: (laughs) So this movie is a hell of a lot of fun. They do seem to keep on getting better and better. So, the action set pieces using pretty much all practical effects um, as much as possible. Tom Cruise still does his own stunts. Uh, for the most part, he even uh, broke his ankle on one of the jumps in this movie.
2: He's getting fragile in his old age. How old
0: yeah. is he? Uh, it's be right now, 50s. he is fifty-six. Hmm. He turned fifty-six on July third. So he, I thought he, he was, was born on the fourth of July. <laughs> Zing!
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was a movie he was in. Fourth of July? Born on the Fourth of July. Uh, Okay. That's that joke.
0: (laughs) I get it now. (laughs) Vietnam War movie uh, based on true story of... uh, Remember his name? Kovacs or something? I tried watching it one time and I got
2: bored so I stopped and I've been meaning to to watch it again so I don't know anything about it. Yeah.
0: It's about a, a Marine who was injured. And the war over there, and obviously saw some shit and he came back and he was a major activist and protester against the war. You ever see
2: one of those Vietnam vets in the wheelchair with the long hair and the mustache? Sure. Like
0: Lieutenant Dan? Kind of. Yeah.
2: That's, yeah.
0: But yeah, that's what Tom Cruise was in Born on the Fourth of July. Hmm. So this, Oliver Stone directed it. It's from like 89. Okay. Somewhere around there. So, this movie is a hell of a lot of fun. Um. Christopher McQuarrie, uh, McQuarrie, sorry, did this and the previous entry. And so he brought in some of the same characters. I mean, Ving Rhames has pretty much been in all of them since the first one. I think there might have been one he missed. I can't remember. Maybe four. But um, Simon Pegg's been in the past three now. and But this Rebecca Ferguson was just in the last one and this one, as well as Sean Harris. So they're kind of thinking this is like a... A trilogy, like the five, six, seven, would be a trilogy. Oh. So, like, oh, Christopher McQuarrie, you got to come back and do the third one. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I can't. He said the same thing after five, because it was it was a huge hit. Critics mm-hmm. loved it. You know, this one's at ninety seven percent Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I saw on their commercial. Yeah. Um, so critics love it again, and he keeps on. He's worried that it's you know it's hard to top it because there's such a big you know magnifying glass on it now. But the same could be said after the last one. So um, this was also the biggest box office hit. I mean, so far, I mean, it was the biggest opening. And I think it was the second biggest opening for like a Tom Cruise movie. I think War of the Worlds is his biggest opening ever for a movie. But,
2: hmm. yeah. It's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, a lot of blockbusters.
0: So that's pretty impressive. I bet he feels five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Last night before bed, Mission Impossible 1 was on. I hadn't watched that in a long time. And Jean Reno is in there. And, uh, wait, hmm? were you going to say no. something? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a part where they kind of confront each other talking about the knock list. And he goes up and he taps Jean Reno on the head with the with the knock list disc. You know, like, you know, I got it at it all along. And uh, I was like, God, Jean Reno is like, like a foot taller than you. <laughs> I looked it up. Jean Renault is six two. And you know, I think if you look it up, I think it says uh, I have it open right here. Let's let's see what it says in IMDB for Tom Cruise.
2: I think we looked one time, it's like five, four and a it half. It says five seven right here. Five seven seems uh generous.
0: Yeah, no, it's probably around five six five seven. But yeah.
2: Probably hit his thick soles on that day.
0: <laughs> so funny like a lot of the Mission Impossible movies and other Tom Cruise movies, everything's shot from so, such a low angle right. to make him look you know, normal simil- size, <laughs> <laughs> similar to the other characters in the scene. But or he'll be in a box or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: have to use those camera tricks like Lord of the Rings, <laughs>
0: <laughs> only in reverse. Yeah, but I gotta gotta give it to Mr. Cruise. He does give it his all. It's a real go-getter, that guy. In the 2000s. You know, I was kinda of poo-pooing him for a while, you know. Like growing up I used to love him and then in the two thousands he was kinda of acting crazier and doing the jumping on the couch bit and all that. And I was like, Ugh, you know, fucking you know, go away. But over the past I'd say six years, I've listened to so many podcasts and everyone who's worked with him talks about how nice of a person he is and how like how well he treats the entire cast and crew. And, and how there was dead a, behind the eyes he is? There was a journalist talking about...
2: How he imprisoned his ex-wife.
0: There was a journalist talking about the premiere of this Mission Impossible Fallout movie in uh, Paris. And she was talking about, well, you know, most celebrities, they show up late or just barely on time and just run through the red carpet and head into the premiere. She said that Tom Cruise showed up three hours early to talk to every single news outlet that was there and then to take pictures with a bunch of fans. I was like, he does. I mean, I don't agree with his Scientology bit, but he seems like he, uh, kind of gives it his all for his fans. And he always seems like whatever movie he chooses, like he thinks it's going to be like the best movie ever. Like he does. He makes bad movies sometimes, but I think going into it, it's never just like, I want to try and make a bunch of money. It's, I think I can make this, a great movie or a really fun movie people will like, but I think he's like a genuine person, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Interesting yeah. take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've grown more fond of him over the past, uh, I guess, the, the teens, the 2000, the teen years. Yeah. <laughs> but I will rate Mission Impossible Fallout. Watch this movie soonish. Soonish. Is soonish. It's about as good as action movies can get. Hmm. Like Mad Max: Fury Road is one of the best action movies of the past probably ten years. It's not up to that level necessarily, but the stunts are incredible, and it's really pretty quickly. uh has a good pace to it. Um, it's just the art form, I guess, of the action movie. You couldn't really get much better, if that makes sense. Yeah. So.
1: Cool. Do you need to know anything about previous movies going into it?
0: Uh, yeah, that would help. Hmm. I haven't Maybe. seen
1: anything since number two. Okay. Which had an awesome soundtrack, by the way. <laughs> what, Linkin Park? Or Limp Bizkit? Limp Bizkit? Yeah, Limp Bizkit. No, Met- neither so, of them was Metallica on Metallica
2: did the theme song. Limp
0: Bizkit?
1: Yeah, Metallica.
2: I yeah. disappear?
1: Yep. I'm talking about the Mission Impossible. There's a lot of good stuff in there. They
0: updated Limp Bizkit updated the Mission Impossible theme in the second one.
1: Not the second one.
0: I'll look it up right now.
2: Even so, that sounds pretty
1: sick. Limp <laughs> L- Bizkit? <laughs> You're not on that soundtrack.
0: Let's look at the old Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack.
1: You got Diffuser, it, Karma. That was a great song. He's naming this off memory, by the way. <laughs> take a look around. <laughs> it says, take a look around. Theme from MI2 by
0: Lolo Schriften and Fred Durst. Theme from Mission Impossible by Lolo Schriften. Performed and produced by Limp Biscuit.
2: As if you makes, makes you feel better, I listen to like four Olympuskitt songs today. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, o- it wasn't even like the radio hits. So take it was, a uh, look
0: around. Did you turn your head around backwards when mm-hmm. those songs came on? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yes, Jason. It would at least pay off to watch the previous installment, number five. Okay, Rogue Nation. Because like I know. said, that's like the start of like, it seems to be a new trilogy. When did you know? that come out?
2: 2015. Okay. I just wonder.
0: I think Ghost Protocol was in four. Was that before? Was uh, what was the
2: Star Wars Rogue One? Why is everything
0: rogue? Because <laughs> that's what he does in all these movies. He goes rogue. Why do they keep hiring him, though? <laughs> Why do they keep on thinking he's like... Like, he's turned, you know? And it's like, well, this is like the sixth time you thought he's turned. (laughs) That's that's his M.O. I think (laughs) think you'd learn somebody over 22 years. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Henry Cavill is really good. A lot of fun performances. Fun action. Go see it. All right. uh, Let's go to Brett. What did you see?
2: I saw. I think you talked about this one time. From 2017 mother there's an exclamation point so <laughs> you gotta pronounce it like that uh written and directed by darren aronofsky starring jennifer lawrence javier bardem ed harris michelle pfeiffer uh, a few other people the couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home disrupting their tranquil existence i really liked this movie i thought it was great that's a good one. Yeah, I really liked how like it's the the pacing of it, because it starts off kind of slow, but you're always kind of got this uneasy feeling that something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, like it just ramps up quicker and quicker, and it becomes more and more frenetic as the the movie goes on. So I I thought they did a really good job with that building that atmosphere, especially since most of the movie is following jennifer lawrence as she walks around her circular home (laughs) and then like cutting back and forth between her reactions and then like her point of view as the shit just starts happening around her and she's just totally has no control over it Mm -hmm. um so i i really enjoyed it i thought it was really well done uh i didn't really as i was watching it i didn't really think too much beyond like the the surface of it mm-hmm. but in thinking about it later like I think you had mentioned there's a lot of uh, biblical like allegories or mm-hmm. like, yep. similarities mm-hmm. and afterward like I you know it, it hit me you know oh yeah that's that's pretty obvious what he was going for there mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff so it is really metaphorical if you do dig beyond the the surface but even if you don't I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, As somebody who doesn't like being around strangers and (laughs) and crowds, it was super uncomfortable (laughs) at times. But uh, I'd give it a soonish. I really enjoyed it.
0: Sweet. Soonish. And you're not even like a big Aronofsky fan, are you? I've seen... uh, Because you didn't like The Wrestler. No. You're you're big into wrestling, but... I've seen
2: a, a couple of his movies, and... You know, some are yeah. good, some are okay. Mm-hmm. But I really I really like this one. Sweet. Have you seen it?
1: I haven't, but I have to.
2: You should. It's on Epics for another two years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to catch it on the, the free preview on Comcast.
0: And Speaking of Varanofsky, we're showing The Fountain at Midnight this weekend at the theater. Of course, that's just past Jason's bedtime. Way past my bedtime. Although, you said you're working Saturday morning. Yeah, I
1: have to be But what net. about Saturday night? Saturday, no. wait. wait. Oh, yeah, Saturday night. Well, I mean, I will have been up since like 5 a.m. Might be hard to stay well, awake. You're going to
0: go to bed at like 8 a.m. the night before, so who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> You've got like nine hours of sleep the night we'll before. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. <laughs> uh, you yeah, I can take a nap during yeah, the day. you can't take a nap. <laughs> I, I
1: hate naps, personally. I never feel better after a nap than I did before the nap.
0: Cause you always tell me how much you love. That's
2: that's probably because you, you sleep so much at night. It's not even. It's overkill.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. too much sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> but you tell yo. Well, I hear it is a problem for a lot of people. I get Makes less than eight hours and... of
1: sleep most nights.
0: You say you go to bed at like eight thirty nine.
1: I get in bed. I try to be asleep <laughs> by ten thirty or so. So are you just Christ, like what? You just oh dude, <laughs> dude <laughs> let me tell you guys, <laughs> I got this fucking awesome metal arm that attaches to my bedside table that holds my iPad right above my head. <laughs> so I can, you know, go on Reddit. Watch I thought you were going somewhere else with that. When you start <laughs> oh, <Ian. laughs>
2: when you start talking about awesome metal arms, I thought, geez, this ain't gonna <laughs> this ain't gonna make the cut. <laughs>
1: It's awesome I recommend it You can get it on Amazon (laughs) 25 bucks But you always talk about How much you love
0: the fountain I was like well Here's your chance To see it on the big screen 4k Yeah Yeah, It would be
1: cool All right, Jason What did you see? Oh let's see I am talking about Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle PG-13 2017 Rhymes Yep Sure does (laughs) Bars Um, Directed by Jake Kasdan uh, four teenagers are sucked into a magical video game, and the only way they can escape is to work together to finish the game. So, obviously, this was a. I guess you could say sequel to the original Jumanji, even though they don't really tie together all that much. We agreed when I talked about it that it's a sequel. Okay.
0: Hey, isn't it, didn't you say picks up? Well, it or basically it,
2: starts where the last one ended. With the game game on the beach.
1: Oh, is that where it ended up at the end of the first one?
2: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Yeah, Jason hadn't seen uh, the first one in a long time.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, that's the only thing that ties the two together anyway, right? Like, besides that, it's a completely new story. It doesn't refer back to the other one at all.
2: There is one Easter... Well, I don't know if it's an Easter egg, but one reference later in the game to... Robin Williams'
1: character. What was was that? I don't remember.
2: It was uh, when they were having margaritas or whatever. And he says, who's Alan Parrish? He had carved his name in the...
1: Oh, that was him? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I probably haven't seen the original Jumanji since I was like 10 or something. But yeah, uh, so it's a sequel. It's got... Dwayne The Rock Johnson Kevin Hart Jack Black Karen Gillan Riss Darby Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Darby, Reese Darby Reese. Uh Nick Jonas I was surprised to see Bobby Cannaval And some other people
2: Yeah, I was surprised to see Nick Jonas too That's why I didn't mention him when I talked about it Because <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in any of the marketing
1: Yeah I had to look it up and make sure it was him. Because like, that guy looks really familiar. Um, like, oh, so, he's
0: one of those promise ring guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, this movie... Oh, I, I thought it was a decently big departure from the original. Because in the original, the kids aren't exactly sucked into the game as much as the game just starts happening around them, right?
2: Well... Uh, Alan Parrish gets sucked in and then oh yeah 2 20 years later they have to continue playing to get him out. But yeah, but in the original it starts like doing shit in the real world.
1: Yeah. But when like when the game starts in the original Alan Parrish comes back to the real world, right? I don't remember. Well,
2: it's it's uh like his turn is like you're sucked into the game until somebody rolls something. Hmm. And so his his girlfriend stopped playing so they had to pick up the game mid-game and then somebody rolled whatever it was to get him out of the jungle okay
1: yeah. anyway in this one the kids so it's a, it's a video game like it said instead of a board game mm-hmm. and then the kids actually are sucked into it and uh, you know those four main characters Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Karen Gillan are the kids in the game. And uh, Jack Black is playing a female high school girl that gets you know sucked into the game as a mm-hmm. male character. So there are a lot of dick jokes and stuff that's kind of amusing.
2: It was pretty hilarious, to be honest.
1: Yeah, that was probably my... I mean, I thought that kind of carried the... I mean, that role, Jack Black's role, kind of carried the movie, I felt.
2: Yeah, he was probably the best one.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty funny. I was pleasantly surprised I thought I wasn't really expecting a lot from a sequel to a you know 20 something year old movie mm-hmm. with you know just throw a lot of big names in there oh this is you know felt like a cash grab knowing not much about it but it was pretty amusing I enjoyed it All right. uh I'm gonna give it an eventually I think Brett what did you give it
2: I gave it eventually cool eventually
1: All right, so a couple of eventuallys for
0: Jumanji. All right, let's go to my second movie. I saw The Little Hours from 2017. You guys heard of The Little Hours? No.
2: Just from you, I think.
0: Indie comedy. Big cast. Directed by Jeff Baina? B-A-E-N-A? Sure. I guess. Okay. Stars Allison Bree and her real life husband, Dave Franco, Kate McCucci, Arby Plaza, John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, Fred Armisen, uh, Jamima Kirk, Nick Offerman, Paul Reiser, uh, Adam Polly. Mm, that's about it. Storyline in the middle ages a young servant fleeing from his master takes refuge at a convent full of emotionally unstable nuns introduced as a deaf mute man he must fight to hold his cover as the nuns try to resist temptation so yeah period piece middle ages comedy
1: what was that first part who is this guy
0: a servant it's Dave Franco. okay no, and he a, was, and all
2: the nuns have the hots for him. Is that what you said?
0: Kind of, they're repressed nuns, you know. Middle ages. It, it's a comedy, and the Catholics were not happy with this movie. <laughs> it's funny. We we, should, we had it at the theater, and one of the reasons I really wanted to see it because I mean the trailer was kind of funny, and uh, they put up you know blurbs what people were saying about it, and one of them was from the Catholic League. I was like, oh god, let's see if I can find the quote. Catholic League Little Hours. Even the Catholic League's website has pop-ups. <laughs> <And> you <they're laughs> fucking shitting me.
2: They're probably all malware too.
0: So I don't really have. I can't. I guess I can't find what their blurb was. Pure trash. Yeah, I think it starts with that. Is that part of a larger sentence? Mm, all I found was pure trash.
2: Well, it's yeah. an incomplete sentence. Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> we don't know what is pure trash. What what is the subject? What are they talking about? (laughs) Um, Because what I see in the Catholic League website is just a bunch of other reviews from, I don't know, some other outlets that didn't like it. But you got middling reviews, I guess. It was okay. But, I mean, the cast is terrific. Like I said, Dave Franco plays the servant who underneath uh, Nick Offerman, and he's been having sex with Offerman's wife, it's the maiden of the castle, or the... I guess you can't call her maiden if she's married, correct? Or, I don't know. Sounds right. I don't right. know how it works. I think that's right. Anyways, uh, obviously that gets found out, so he's on the run. And so he hides out in this convent. And the nuns, mostly played by uh, the three main ones, are you know Kate Micucci and Aubrey Plaza and Allison Bree. And they're... <laughs> Aubrey Plaza is probably like the most evil of the three... <laughs> but Makes like they, there was another caretaker there that they kind of beat the hell out of until they quit. Like they're just hurling insults at them and beating them and things like that. They're, they're not good nuns, you know, but it's, it's a comedy. So let's play for laughs. Um, there is a lot of like good characters like, you know, Fred Armisen, like I said, Nick Offerman, Aubrey Plaza, they all, it's, it's a movie that I was pretty excited about and I watched it on demand. Um, I was a little disappointed. I thought it could have been a lot funnier. It's a very short movie. I think it's just under an hour and a half or right at an hour and a half. Um, there, there's still some laughs in there, definitely, but I thought it was um, kind of a, I don't know, I guess a missed opportunity. Um, so I guess I'll call it a last resort.
2: It's a last resort.
0: Um, yeah, I was just expecting more. Um, like I said, you can still give it a chance if you want, if you like all those people. You probably get a few chuckles, but, like I said, it didn't get the best reviews. Uh, let's see what it got on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, and Rotten tomatoes it got seventy eight percent which is pretty good, but the audience score was forty eight
1: hmm.
2: that's usually not good,
0: yeah, and you can tell this wasn't the audience score isn't the result of a smear campaign by a bunch <laughs> of trolls, a bunch of Catholic trolls in their basements. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this movie! Sacrilegious. Yeah, uh, the Catholic League's trolling Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure they are. <laughs> so yeah, it was just you know, maybe you'll maybe some people listening would like it a lot, but I just thought it was more of a missed opportunity. But the Little Hours is the last resort. So, what else did you see, Brett?
2: I saw from nineteen eighty eight i'm gonna get you (laughs) sucker sucker with an a
1: yeah
2: and get is g-i-t all right (laughs) uh written and directed by keenan ivory wayans starring keenan ivory wayans bernie casey antonio fargus steve james isaac hayes jim brown jeanette dubois don lewis john vernon uh Damon Wayans, Kadim Hardison, Clue Gulager. Uh in this parody of black exploitation movies, a black hero wannabe reunites former black heroes from the seventies to help him get revenge on Mr. Big. That's a pretty accurate description of this movie. Uh was it two years ago we did a or was it last year? We did we did a string of black exploitation movies. Uh, on the podcast for February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you like those movies, I think you'll like this one. It's uh, It plays up a lot of the, uh, the tropes from those 1970s movies. Uh, and I think my favorite part of it is that they got guys like Bernie Casey and Jim Brown in there since mm-hmm. they were so prominent in a lot of those movies during the 1970s. And the fact that they could make fun of themselves and the the movies that they made made them famous was pretty hilarious to me. Um, yeah, if like I said, if you're familiar with those movies at all, like the the stuff that they made fun of is spot on. Um, I thought it was pretty hilarious. Even if you're not familiar, it's a it's a pretty good parody movie. Anyways, so I think you'll get some, some laughs out of it either way. Uh, and I would give it an eventually. Eventually.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing uh, since this came out in 88, you said, um, I bet that's one of the main reasons Keenan Ivory Royans was able to get In Living Color in 89, because this was at least a moderate hit. Yeah. For expe- I mean, expectation-wise. Probably, yeah. I still it talked about to this day You know Even besides You just talking about it now You know I see it around places I've always heard of it I've never seen it But I've always known of it Wanted to see it
2: Yeah I, I had heard of it before And I just never Got around to watching it mm-hmm. Um Getting into more of those Movies from the 70s Uh Really Helped build my interest In wanting to see I'm gonna get you sucker hmm. But uh yeah even if I hadn't seen those, I think it would have still been funny enough, you know, without that background knowledge just that that knowledge gives you just a little bit more um like insight into what the jokes are, like yeah it's more of an inside joke if you if you're in the know mm-hmm. whereas if you're not, it's still funny, you just don't necessarily know as in depth why it's you know, even funnier to some people.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I'll check it out sometime. All right,
1: Jason, what else did you see? I got from 2018 this year, rampage, PG 13 with Dwayne, the rock Johnson again, Naomi Harris, Malin, Akerman malin ackerman malin ackerman jeffrey dean morgan Give me the double stuff that's malin ackerman oh,
0: who, who is, is from? she uh, from harold and kumar oh okay harold and kumar the first one she's in a lot of stuff she's in uh watchman you seen watchman i didn't
1: see watchman
0: uh goodbye uh was it goodbye kid with ben stiller I don't remember oh with the heartbreak kid? heartbreak kid sorry
2: she was in that one movie with uh, Will Forte. She gets naked
0: in a lot of movies. Hmm. So I thought maybe where, Jason would have known because he seemed to <laughs> remember that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, their, where their dad
2: was dying. She was like the nurse or something like that.
0: Um, Oh, the brother Solomon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was in
0: that one. No, she's uh, in the first Heroin Kumar movie. When they go to a Freak Show's house, yeah, I, no, I remember She's that. She's the blonde. Scene. <laughs> Give me the double stuff.
1: All right. <laughs> I don't remember what she was doing in this movie. Oh wait, I think she was the the bad guy, bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> she is a bad girl. Yeah. Uh, bad, bad person.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: bad person.
2: Person who. May not be as
1: good as other people. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to cover your ass, I guess you could say that. Uh, we got Jake Lacey in there, who I was surprised to see. He was uh, one of the interns on The Office, you may recall. Okay. Uh, Joe Manganiello. He didn't play a very big part. Manganiello? I think so. I'm did just he, mispronouncing names up? all over. Did he get beat up? Um in a sense <laughs> Don't want to spoil anything. Don't
0: don't spoil Rampage for me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm it's pins a pretty and
1: needles. It's a pretty complex plot, so I <laughs> heard <laughs> there's a giant flying wolf. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Synopsis says when three different animals, we're not going to tell you which ones, just three different animals become infected with a dangerous pathogen, a primatologist that kind of gives one of them away. And a geneticist team up to stop them from destroying Chicago. So this movie is very loosely based on a video game franchise of the same name. And I guess I'm the only one here that played any of them. But I most recall Rampage from Game Boy Color. You get to choose one of those three monsters. Mm-hmm. You get to run around the city scooping people up off the sidewalk and eating them, smashing into the side of buildings, grabbing people and eating them. And this movie had very little to do with those games. I don't even really know why they chose to base a movie off of the games cuz there's just so little there. And really the only thing they took is three big monsters. Like all the rest of the story they just, you know, built around it. Why didn't. does
2: anybody do anything?
1: I don't know. I honestly don't know.
2: It's just like it was something to do.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I thought this was a pretty generic action movie. Not you don't a say. lot there. Yeah.
2: I'm shocked. I thought it would be an char- uh, in-depth character study.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. But, alas. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan probably gave the best performance. his character was pretty interesting, chewing up the scenery a little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's one to do, yeah, Uh he was fun to watch, you know big big personality kind of mm-hmm. character um the rock, I'm sorry dude it, i don't I don't know it, <laughs> it's just they don't I feel like they never give him all that much to do, you know. Like, oh, that maybe there are a couple jokes about his muscles or something. Yeah. Maybe, I guess the ladies like looking at him on the screen, but I mean he just he says things. And that's kinda <laughs> 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 that's kinda the extent of his acting and you know, the action stuff, but
2: I'm pretty sure him and his ex wife and her husband produced the movie, so I'm pretty sure they could have given him some more stuff to do.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, actually, okay, so the the giant cgi gorilla mm-hmm. him and <laughs> and uh jeffrey dean morgan's characters those were the two best in the movie i think
2: does the gorilla talk
1: he signs you know sign language
2: that's so cliche yeah
1: <laughs> but he you know he's funny they give him kind of a fun personality
2: they should give him that device from congo that translates gorilla sign language into
1: human sign language no
2: into uh, uh, vocal it translates it into amy? yeah <laughs> from congo, <laughs> from
0: congo. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, good old amy
1: so i don't know it's it's a movie about monsters destroying chicago so you're saying it's an asap <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying <laughs> it's last resort i have to say it's a last resort yeah I can it's about what I expected out of Rampage
0: yeah just not a lot there or a video game movie that nobody wanted (laughs) yeah
2: it's a video game movie that nobody knew they wanted
0: (laughs) I guess from The Rock's point of view
2: and then after it happened they're like
0: yes now I know that I didn't (laughs) want this movie (laughs) my
1: suspicions were (laughs) confirmed
0: all right Start off the last round here with a real winner. For the first time I saw Flashdance from nineteen eighty three. I watched that one too after you told me how much you liked it. <laughs> Directed by Adrian Lynn, uh, starring Jennifer Beals, Michael Norrie, Lilia Scala, Sonny Johnson, uh, Kyle Hefner.
2: Was he the the cook? Yeah, I believe so. He was Bizarro George on
0: Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a visual. He had more hair in this movie, in Flashdance.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee well, Ving. Uh, Belinda Bauer. Did you say Lee Ving? Yeah, Lee Ving. Like, he's leaving for... <laughs> <laughs> name's Lee and Ving. He played Johnny C. That's he, owned like, the, he owned the Zanzibar.
2: That's like <laughs> that, uh, that joke about Ang Lee, like, How do you know if he's mad or if he's just saying his name? He's just like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Wow. (laughs) You didn't hear that one before? (laughs) No, I've not heard that one before. (laughs) So I had uh, never seen, I I still haven't seen Footloose, but it's almost like I was kind of saving Footloose and Flashdance because I was guessing I was really going to like the soundtracks quite a bit. And uh, I don't know, I just ended up watching Flashdance one night, and I had a hell of a time. I love Flashdance. It was, um, soundtrack is great. I'm a sucker for an 80s, well, a good 80s soundtrack, anyways. Oh, actually, I forgot to say what the synopsis is. It's about a Pittsburgh woman with two jobs as a welder and a dancer. Wants to get into ballet school. It says exotic dancer but would you describe it as exotic dancing she doesn't get nude
1: look pretty domestic to me it's uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you stretch the
2: definition a bit
0: yeah cuz she she's not she's not get nude
2: maybe in 83 exotic dancing meant something different
0: yeah almost like if you could cross an exotic dancer with like a go-go dancer
2: maybe in 83 you could call somebody a stripper without using a euphemism to make them feel better about their job
0: yeah something so yeah she's a welder and a dancer at a bar
1: and she's yeah. like 18
0: and apparently this was uh, <laughs> based on a true story yeah isn't it confusing why A welder. She, yeah
1: how do you become a? I mean just why she, she's in pittsburgh gotta do
0: something with steel right she's oh, the yes. only
1: woman in the entire steel <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: but uh, apparently this is based off of a true story of a woman a woman welder turned dancer
1: was yeah. she 18 she I didn't look that much
0: into it because it said it was loosely based, but I was like, well, at least there was a, a welder dancer before.
2: What did they mm. say she sold her her life story for like thirteen hundred dollars or something like that, or 20, it might have been thirteen thousand, like twenty five hundred dollars or something. But and uh, then the movie made like five hundred million. Or... <laughs> you got to get points on that shit.
0: <laughs> you get some back end.
2: She's like, who's gonna want
0: to watch this shit? Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I thought. Like I said, love the soundtrack. Um, there's some pretty funny moments in there. A lot of '80s tropes, very '80s movie, which I'm very into. So I'm a bit biased, but I would definitely give it a WTM eventually.
2: Eventually, I'd probably give it a last resort. Mm-hmm. It's a last resort. It was. Uh... I'll, I'll
0: probably overrule you on the website, but,
2: <laughs> but I agree with that. The, the soundtrack was pretty solid. It was pretty good um it wasn't i didn't think there was anything like super special that stood out to me in the story Mm -hmm. that would make me want to go watch it again i don't necessarily regret watching it but uh i could have gone without seeing it
0: there's a a cook in here who works at the bar who's an aspiring comedian it's kind of like this (laughs) one of the side plots and he was pretty damn funny
2: well if you like Polak jokes.
0: Yeah, everything was a Polish joke. Just <laughs> he's, total eighties.
2: He's got like three jokes and he just tells them over and over again. He's, well uh, he had like a
0: dozen different
2: What do Polak you call a pimple on a Polak's ass? Brain cancer.
0: <laughs> Brain tumor. <laughs> they called uh, that, can't he, can't ruin the punchline. He
2: did that he did that <laughs> joke like four times. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well it's a pretty good one. I mean <laughs> <laughs> don't have staying power. Looking for '80s Polish jokes. They they
2: let him go on stage, and he he was bombing until he threatened to. What did he threaten to put do? cockroaches in the burgers? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then they thought he was joking, and they're like, "Oh, that's pretty funny." <laughs> but he was just mad. He, he was really going to do it.
0: There's um, some really good dancing. You know, I guess I can appreciate good dance when I see it. Not that I'm a great judge of it, but. Hey, Jennifer Beals is working her ass off in here, so gotta give it to her.
1: Nice. Yeah, and Some and her, of the
0: other other yeah. women involved were pretty good as well.
2: Her and her five stunt doubles. I
0: don't know. Did she have stunt doubles? I oh, mean, that she, many? She
2: had body doubles. Well, I don't. I think I read that in the, the the climactic scene at the end, which is a pretty famous scene. I think there were three or four people that were like dancing doubles for her.
0: Mm, but like the earlier scenes were more her. It was just kind of. I don't the...
2: know. I think there was one that was, like, kind of the main one, and then they they brought in a couple more for the the big climax. Okay. Well, I loved Flashdance.
0: There, I said it. It's on the internet now forever.
2: Yep. Until <laughs> well, they delete our podcast, because I think Alex Jones is. On that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about that, Jason?
1: What?
2: Alex got kicked off of Apple off of iTunes. What do you
1: mean?
0: The Alex. Ri- the the Alex famous Jones. Alex Jones. Oh. He got kicked yeah. off of iTunes, Facebook and YouTube.
1: Huh. No. Why? I mean, they, they did the it obvious. for
0: they did it for hate speech. That makes sense. Not for his conspiracy theorists. I guess they said it was for hate speech against I think they said like Muslims and immigrants and something. I don't know.
2: Yeah, hmm. probably.
0: But, yeah, I guess he's still on Twitter, but I don't know. uh, Jones is on the show yesterday, and we were talking. I was like, only place on iTunes, you know, you're going to find Alex Jones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. That's good. We have the Alex Jones. It's the one and only. (laughs) I I
2: don't think you ever put his first and last name together, though, do you? Well, I mean, sometimes. you either just call him Jones, or you just call him Alex. Yeah, like on the like episode descriptions. descriptions stuff? Yeah,
0: but I mean, on the, when I introduce him on the show, I say Alex Jones. Right. Sometimes,
2: but if you want to Google or if you wanted to search Alex Jones on iTunes, I don't think your this podcast would be a hit.
0: Yeah, we we thought about putting you know slipping it in there for trying to get some more <laughs> hits. But yeah, make him the star. But, but now, we not, we didn't want to misrepresent. Maybe get sued by Infowars or something. <laughs> <laughs> I am not on that show. <laughs> they turn you gay on that show. <laughs> That's what's been happening. They make you watch Flashdance and turn the frogs gay.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It'll be a, fl- a false flag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So was that was that your third one you were talking about, or you got another? No, one I didn't up? want okay. to talk about
2: Flashdance <laughs> in addition to yours. I'll go uh, since a lot of the movies I've seen recently are newer ones that you already talked about. I'm going to go way back to 1955 with Blackboard Jungle.
0: Blackboard
1: Jungle. Yep. Directed school. Is by... it was a school movie? Uh, Blackboard I will read the synopsis. <laughs> in <a minute> <laughs> I wanted to guess before
2: before I heard that part. No spoilers. <laughs> uh, directed by Richard Brooks. Starring Glenn Ford and Francis, Louis Calhern, Margaret Hayes, John Hoyt, Richard uh, Richard Kiley, Emil Meyer, Warner Anderson, Sidney Poitier, Vic Morrow, Paul Mazursky, Jamie Farr.
0: Hmm, he's a he's a section eight if I've ever heard of one.
2: He plays a special needs student. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they didn't have
0: special needs back
2: then. You know what just, Far is?
1: Yeah. MASH, right? Yeah. He, he was just in the regular class
2: because that's what they did in the 50s. Yeah. yeah. I suppose. Uh, stops this. A new English teacher at a violent, unruly inner city school is determined to do his job despite resistance from both students and faculty. So this may or may not be the first new idyllic teacher gets a job at a violent inner city school and tries <laughs> to connect with his students how do oh, i maybe. reach these kids <laughs> it might be the <laughs> might be the first of his kind and to be fair he might have had the worst students of any of these movies mm-hmm. uh they were pretty out there so i didn't know really what to expect when i watched this but Like, the level of delinquency among these students is on a whole nother level that I didn't expect. And uh, it really makes things pretty interesting. So, uh, I really enjoyed it. There's some stuff in there that's really 1950s that uh, really wouldn't fly these days in a lot of different areas as far as... Movies, school, just society in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, both from the kids and the teachers and other characters. Um, so that kind of adds to it also. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting, really entertaining. And I will leave it at eventually. All right. Eventually. Just
1: right. how crazy are these kids? Uh, on
2: the first day of school, one of them tries to rape a female teacher... In the school library.
1: Okay, so, bold. And
2: then later, uh, a gang of students jumps two teachers in an alley and beats the shit out of them.
1: Hmm. I'm sure that stuff still happens.
2: Well, I don't know. After the the teacher breaks up the rape, he's telling his wife about it later. And his wife goes, well, maybe she provoked him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, teachers shouldn't dress sexy. Mm. Yeah. 1950s, <laughs> right? So it's that that kind of thing.
1: No. yeah.
2: There's a there's a scene where they're talking about uh, where the teacher tries to explain how using ethnic slurs can escalate an issue and and build it into a a violent circumstance by us, by using said ethnic slurs in front of the students. <laughs> So
0: it's proven a point, (laughs) but,
2: uh, yeah, I mean, Glenn Ford was good. Sidney Poitier was good. He was kind of the, the, the leader of the students, um, which in 1955 was a pretty diverse cast to have that many different, uh, ethnicities and, and races represented in the, in the classroom. Um, Vic Morrow was good. I, I enjoyed his performance, so I would recommend it eventually, blackboard jungle
0: all right, sweet Jason. what's your last recently seen film of the episode?
1: I saved the best for last perfect twenty eighteen Isle of dogs p g thirteen
2: I thought you said the best was that sarcastic
1: <laughs> what did you- <laughs> did you see this movie?
2: no, but it's so just go
0: on I was joking. <laughs> He didn't like Wes Anderson's last animated
1: movie, so. Uh,
0: I, 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 don't, I don't think Brett's too excited or, or to see or Wes Isle of Dogs. Anderson in general.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at the very least, we can. I like mm, Wes just Anderson talk, a lot. Okay. Just talk about it. I, don't. <laughs> I think it's the best of the three that I'm talking about today. Okay. Set in Japan, Isle of Dogs follows a boy's odyssey in search of his lost dog. It's a pretty pretty uh, basic synopsis. Um, so yeah, the, directed by... what?
0: Oh, I was going to say, yeah, just give us the yep. cast. Uh,
1: Wes Anderson directed, full cast. We got Brian Cranston, Koyu Rankin, I guess is his name, Edward Norton, Bob Balaban, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, Kunichi Nomura, Akira Takayama, Greta Gerwig, uh, Francis McDormand, Akira Ito.
2: The good the... didn't really fit in there after all them other Japanese
1: names. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, Harvey, Kietel, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. As long as Scarlett Johansson Ketel? played a woman. Harvey Keitel. Keitel. My bad. Harvey did
2: you mispronounced. Harvey <laughs> Keitel's <laughs> he name? Said Harvey I sure Keitel. did. <laughs> what? I
1: was surprised you missed that right we, away. We sh- I wasn't <laughs> listening. I was, I
2: was going to make a joke about Scarlett Johansson but her play a woman in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? We'll talk about a news episode. I'm sure. <laughs> okay.
1: F. Murray Abraham, Yoko Ono, Tilda Swinton, Big Murray, <laughs> Fisher Stevens, Ken Watanabe, a lot of people. Leave Schreiber.
2: Jesus, who wasn't in this? Courtney movie? B.
1: Vance, Roman Coppola, also Kevin Spacey was a co-writer. <laughs> Angelica Huston. Houston. Houston.
2: How are you on this podcast? I
1: I recognize these people. I've never had to say their names before. <laughs> Any anyway, and she apparently played a mute poodle. It says she did the voice of a mute poodle. Hmm. How do you I don't know how that works. Not sure what character that was. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, as you might expect from a Wes Anderson movie, quirky, uh funny. Original, I would say. Uh, stop motion animation. It's funny. The, uh, I mean, the plot is interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Original. You know, that's that's kind of what I'm always looking for in a movie. It's just give me something I haven't seen before, and this movie is definitely that. Plus, if it involves Japan, you're you're on board. Sure. Yeah, that was cool, and that actually brought a lot to the movie. You might think, well, why why Japan? But, and I mean, you know. They they pull in a lot of Japanese culture. I wouldn't say really modern Japanese culture, and maybe it's. I was I was actually reading an article earlier today where they talk about how a lot of the setting and ideas in it mm-hmm. are kind of taken from the Showa era of Japan, which is like between the nineteen twenties and nineteen eighties. Okay, so it kind of has a certain feel to it. And it's kind of cool that they use the Japanese language because there there are no subtitles when people are speaking Japanese. Um, But you hear the dogs speak in English, so you're kind of... It puts you in the perspective of the dogs, you know, Mm -hmm. you're you're kind of among them. And when people talk to them, you wouldn't understand. So that's kind of a cool element. The so Japanese
0: audience is getting way more out of this movie than the rest of us, or
2: actually way, or way less,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the article I read today talked a bit about that uh this guy actually went and found like native Japanese speakers to see if there were any you know kind of little extra things that they would get out of the movie. Mm-hmm. not really mm-hmm. <laughs> Japanese in the movie is pretty utilitarian, kind of you know just facilitating
0: plot and whatnot,
1: yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, Of course, you know, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, Jeff Goldblum. All all the characters worked together really well for the comedy, I think. It was good. I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a... Hell, I'll give it a soonish. Hmm, soonish.
2: Soonish. Did anybody accuse Wes Anderson of cultural appropriation?
1: There are always people that are, you know, ready to accuse people of all sorts of things. And but
2: does, does he get a pass?
1: Um, <laughs> according to the article I read, I mean, there are always mixed reviews. There are always people looking to be offended, right? Mm. But and it did, the movie me. got very good reviews. That's so
2: my that. goal, is to be offended at least five <laughs> times a day. Yeah. <laughs> By stuff that really isn't offensive.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But for the most part, I think it was pretty well received even yep. internationally. I
0: think it's like mid-80s or high 80s on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Mm, all right. It's
1: because everybody
2: wants to show how cool and hip they are
0: <laughs> they love whimsical Look at you know, me, movies i
2: like twist anderson's movies do you am i cool now
1: <laughs> they're hip
2: not saying that that's what you did but
1: i understand but that's what you did <laughs> <laughs> not,
2: not saying just no. saying
0: i pretty much love all of wes anderson's films except for darjeeling limited that movie pretty much sucked
1: would you say that movie uh, dabbled in some cultural appropriation? I don't know. Maybe.
0: I mean, I'm sure it did, but. It was not okay. Necessarily... Back then. <laughs> yeah. It like... was 07, dude. Times, times have changed. <laughs> I think it was 07.
1: I don't know. I. Well, so in the article I read, they mentioned that movie, and it was kind
2: of. Well, if it was 07, more, it uh... was pre Obama, so it was okay.
1: Sure. I don't know. The whole idea of cultural appropriation, it's kind of. Well, and it, a lot of times is the people getting upset aren't the people whose culture is being appropriated, you know? Yeah. so it's like it's you, you don't really have any <laughs> yeah. right to be offended by this. Yep. And then if you ask the people whose culture it actually is talking about, they're like, uh, I don't care. I just think it's cool that people are interested in our culture, you know? Yeah. I mean, not always, of course. There are yeah. always some people, but...
0: I'm sure all of them have their own opinions, <clears throat> but you'll yeah. find... People well, on both sides of the coin from if, that culture.
2: If I'm not offended on their behalf, how will they ever well, they know learn to, to be, be offended? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs>
0: now, let us know, Japan.
1: Does this movie offend you?
2: I'm guessing not. I think the Japanese are pretty cool with people representing their culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they export a lot of culture too. Sure
2: mm-hmm.
0: do. All right. Think that'll about do it. Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. Mm, no. All right. Well you can reach out to us, email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. Please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes and or Stitcher. And you can check out our website at WTM Yep, dot com. That'll do it. We'll check you later.
1: All right, check you later.
2: Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you
1: always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs>
0: hey, man, you off my case.